Hello there, and welcome to another episode of the Toasted Tale podcast. My name is Jim, and today I want to talk about an article, which while reading it, felt as if I'd pulled the pin on a grenade, rattled it inside my skull, and allowed it to explode. The article in question is off JoyceArthur.com, and it's titled, The Only Moral Abortion is my abortion. Now, I am going to put the link to this whole article in the description below, and I would highly recommend giving it a read for yourself. It's well worth it. I know sometimes people can recommend additional reading, and it's like, ah, sure, but this is really worth it. In this episode, I'm going to take excerpts from this article and do a little bit of a dissection on the contents. Effectively, within the only moral abortion is my abortion, there are a number of quotes and recollections from individuals who would claim to be either pro-life or anti-choice based on how you view the issue, and their fervency on this matter range from women who picket outside abortion clinics all the way to those people who believe abortion is simply murder. What makes the stories involved in this article so interesting, however, is that they are about what happens when these ladies become pregnant themselves, decide they want to terminate their pregnancy, and then use the services provided by the abortion clinics that they wish to deny to others. Suddenly, you're in a tricky situation where you may need to visit the same abortion clinic that you, yourself, picketed outside. It was, therefore, the women themselves, or the workers in these clinics, the author of this article wanted to hear the voices of. And in the spring of 2000, she collected the following recollections and experiences directly from abortion physicians and other clinic staff in North America, Europe, and Australia. The stories are presented in the provider's own words, uh, but the names of the women have been kept private. I'm going to read a few of these quotes as I just find them so interesting. The first I want to read is from a physician in Australia. They say, quote, I've done several abortions on women who have regularly picketed my clinics, including a 16-year-old girl who came back to picket the day after her abortion about three years ago. During her whole stay at the clinic, we felt that she was not quite right, but there were no real warning bells. She insisted that the abortion was her idea and assured us that all was okay, She went through the procedure very smoothly, and was discharged with no problems. A quite routine operation. Next morning, she was with her mother and several schoolmates in front of the clinic with the usual anti-posters and chants. It appears that she got the abortion she needed, and still displayed the appropriate anti-views expected of her by her parents, teachers, and peers. End quote. You have to imagine the workers of that clinic 
spotting this 16-year-old as they went into work the next day with a wry look on their face at the utter hypocrisy of the situation. The next quote I would like to read out is from a clinic escort in Massachusetts, US, and it goes, quote, In 1990, in the Boston area, Operation Rescue and other groups were regularly blockading the clinics, and many of us went every Saturday morning for months to help women and staff get in. As a result, we knew many of the aunties by face. One morning, a woman who had been a regular sidewalk counsellor went into the clinic with a young woman who looked like she was 16, 17, and obviously her daughter. When the mother came out about an hour later, I had to go up and ask her if her daughter's situation had caused her to change her mind. I don't expect you to understand my daughter's situation, she angrily replied. The following Saturday, she was back pleading with women entering the clinic not to murder their babies, end quote. Another account that truly boggles the mind, but also displays two things that I believe are really important to this sort of situation. Number one is cognitive dissonance, and the other being tribalism. Next, we head to the Netherlands, where, quote, the sister of a Dutch bishop in Limburg once visited the abortion clinics in Beek, where I used to work in the 70s. After entering the full waiting room, she said to me, My dear lord, what are all those young girls doing here? Same as you, I replied. Dirty little dames, she said. End quote. And I guess there isn't a bigger type of tribe to be in than some kind of organised religion that is against a certain idea or action. In this case, abortion. The prospect of abandoning all you believe in and care about, uh, the organisation you are a part of, just because you get pregnant and don't want to carry your child to term, may be a crossing too far for many individuals, regardless of the hypocrisy. In Washington State this time, from another physician, quote, We have anti-choice women in for abortions all the time. Many of them are just naive and ignorant until they find themselves with an unwanted pregnancy. Many of them are not malicious. They just haven't given it the proper amount of thought until it completely affects them. They can be judgmental about their friends, family, and other women, then suddenly they become pregnant. Suddenly they see the truth, that it should not only be their own choice, Unfortunately, many also think that somehow they are different than everyone else, and they deserve to have an abortion, which no one else does." End quote. When I initially read this article, uh, the idea of cognitive dissonance smacked me right in the face and was uh, clawing for attention as I continued to read. And it's one of my favourite things to talk about because it creates conflict in people's lives, deep in our souls. And, and this is because it is the mental discomfort 
that comes from holding two conflicting beliefs, values or attitudes. And it's how we as individuals marry up these two opposing uh, stances and make them work with our real life decisions. As you may be able to instantly gather, those individuals who on one side are heavily against abortion and then go ahead and get their own pregnancies terminated. We can only imagine the strong conflict in the minds of these people, especially if they have picketed abortion clinics or been very vocal about their opposition to the act. In that case, there will be people, your tribe around you, who you don't want to disappoint or be excluded from. The author of the article makes the point very clear that many anti-choice women are convinced that their need for an abortion is unique and that it's not like those other women. Even though it's very clear from the quotes we've got from practitioners that oftentimes the reasons they have their abortions are for the exact same reasons as everyone else's. It's interesting to read that anti-choice women often want different treatment from others, in order maybe in their minds to create separation from themselves and these immoral and sinful women. Oftentimes demanding the abortion immediately, or wanting to skip important preliminaries such as taking a history or waiting for blood test results. Frequently, apparently anti-abortion women will refuse counselling, some insisting on sneaking in the back door and hiding in a room away from other patients. They often refuse to sit in the waiting room with women that they would call sluts or trash. Or they may get angry when other patients in the waiting room laugh or talk, as in their mind this is proving to them that those women get abortions casually or for convenience. A lot of these behaviours from an outside perspective feel like mental gymnastics trying to balance that cognitive dissonance and ensure that these people can maintain their upstanding and moral character while still taking advantage of this service they feel they need. Two more quotes now that I find really impactful. The first from Louisiana and a clinic administrator where she says, quote, when a patient comes in with my favourite sentiment, the only moral abortion is my abortion. I try to expand her understanding that a few more of us have had and deserve a moral abortion. When a woman expands her need for care beyond herself, you no longer have an anti." End quote. And this time from a counsellor in New York, quote, Sometimes I say to patients who have had that, I have no choice, I know I regret it, just do it to me attitude. You may not care, but we do. We only do abortions on women who want our services. We will not knowingly contribute to any possible trauma of any woman. They seem surprised that we care how we do our work, but they also accept it." End quote. I truly believe that there is nothing wrong with different people having differing opinions, but I think what really gets under people's skin is where someone says one thing and then does another. It 
is hypocritical. And even worse when they are so adamant about forcing an opinion down your throat. And in turn taking the position of the moral authority and trying to achieve acceptance in a certain group. It feels particularly rotten, therefore, when we learn these rules they were so adamant about shouting about only apply to other people and not them. The reasons and stories we tell ourselves about what we really care about to ensure that cognitive dissonance doesn't rack our brain are fascinating and affect us all. In this instance, in the article, The Only Moral Abortion is My Abortion, the examples and accounts of those involved in this industry make it a body of writing you won't want to miss. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the Toasted Tale podcast. I found this subject incredibly interesting and the relevancy in regard to the stories we tell ourselves about the decisions we make in life can be impactful for everyone listening. Once again, please do consider reading the full article on Joyce Arthur's page. The link to the article will be in the description below. Please consider subscribing or following the Toasted Tale podcast to ensure you get all new episodes when they are released. It truly is the best way to support the channel. I truly hope that everything you attempt today and this week goes successfully. I will speak to you all again soon for another Toasted Tale by the Fireside.